Good morning, church. It is Super Bowl Sunday. My name's David, and I'm here with Tim. We are the sports pastors here at Slate Church. That's not actually our real titles. Not really. um, <laughs> we are uh, a part of the studio team. Normally, we're on the other side of the camera. Yeah, and I assume by the end of this, you're going to understand why they put us on that side of the camera. And why we'll never be on this side of the camera again. This is a one-time thing. Maybe. But anyways, it's, uh, it's Super Bowl Sunday. We have an awesome matchup, I think. Uh, we have the Kansas City Chiefs, led by Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you may or may not recognize him, but he's very good at his job. Um, against another very recognizable player, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, Tom Brady's getting some cheers in the studio. Dude, We've got some... I don't blame them. He's basically the perfect human. Literally, like, until before this, I didn't even know who was playing in the Super Bowl. Uh, which is going to move us on right along to asking the chat who they think is going to win. Let's see some score predictions in the chat. I see a 21 to 14. Um, that I see like a six to eight. <laughs> yeah, that's a re that's a real score. <laughs> <laughs> we see some Chiefs here. I see uh, I see some Brady. We see some uh, we see some Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I Any. see a Buccaneer emoji. What do you think would be the Buccaneer emoji? I picture for whatever reason the woman in the red dress dancing. <laughs> yeah, let, let's get let's see your uh, buccaneer uh, emoji. emoji in the chat. Is there a pirate emoji? Right now. We're going to move on to a next question, and that is, what is your favorite Super Bowl snack? We're getting to the real stuff here. This is what people care about. I think if we were this to pull is what people care about. the chat, people care about their snacks. So right now, what's your favorite snack? You could also put in your worst favorite snack. Apparently, you have a worst favorite snack yeah, store. Yeah, I had a guy show up to a Super Bowl party once with a bowl of tuna, and you know what he did? He microwaved it. Ooh. And it may or may not have been Pastor Jared. Rumor has it. Rumor has it. <laughs> Rumor has it was Pastor Jared. <laughs> Let's see your worst Super Bowl snacks in the chat. That looks terrible. Oh, that's really bad. <laughs> that, that, that one is really bad. Oh, that one is also really bad. Yeah, that's that's tough. People have had some. I thought the worst that I've had was burnt nachos, but this takes it to burnt a whole new nachos. level. I've seen a poll uh, going around about uh, changing the way we do nachos from going up to going out. You know, like doing cheese spread and wide, widen toppings. Build deep, spread the cheese wide. Deep, we have some trivia questions for you. The first trivia question comes from Tim. All right, I got it for you. And it's about chicken wings. It's about chicken wings. The National Chicken Association which in fact is a real association, estimates Americans eat more than how many millions of pounds of chicken wings during the Super Bowl? We want to see those numbers how in the chat millions? right now. How many millions? I see five. Oh, that's not right. That, that's very wrong. Oh, that's close? Yeah, it's okay. All right. Tim, how many millions of chicken wing pounds? A hundred million pounds. <laughs> that, that, that's a lot of pounds you know of chicken many, wings. How many chicken wings do you think that is? Uh, how many chicken wings? A trillion wings? chicken wings. That's obviously way too many. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's 1.25 billion. Okay, 1.25 billion chicken, chicken wings are being consumed that? today in the United States of America. All right, Next question. Cuts. Right here we see Arrowhead Stadium. That is the stadium that the Kansas City Chiefs play in. What state is the Kansas City Chiefs stadium in? What state is the what Kansas state? City? We'll say it again. Kansas City. I see, I see Kansas in the chat. I see somebody wrote Texas. And that's obviously <laughs> okay. not right. Okay. The real answer is Missouri. Missouri. It was a trick question. We got you, hopefully. All right, moving on. This is a dumb stat, but all right. 
how many Americans, in percentage-wise, are planning on eating some sort of dip on Super Bowl Sunday? How many? Tell me, Tim. That's not right. That's not right either. That's pretty close. 32%. And that includes 8 million pounds of guacamole. 8 million pounds of guacamole. I could eat 8 million pounds of guacamole. Fun fact, that is my favorite dip to make, guacamole. That's great to know. The more you know. Anyways, next question. And it is, how many championships has Tom Brady won? Don't look at his hands. I know you're looking at his hands right now. Stop looking. <laughs> we see four. I see three. I see five. See somebody saying Tim needs bigger forearms because they can still see. <laughs> the real answer is six. Tom Brady has won six Super Bowl championships, going for the lucky number seven That's today. That's basically a trillion. We've got 15 seconds left. All right, last one. Last question. This is. I'm just going to tell you this one. Americans eat 11.2 million pounds of chips. That's a lot of chips. So Church, chips. we've got worship coming up. We're going to pass it over to our lead pastors, Pastor Emma, Pastor Luke. Take it away. Well, hey everyone, welcome to Slate Church. We're so glad that you're here today. My name is Luke and this is Emma and we're pastors here at Slate Church. And we just wanna say, we're glad to have you with us today. Emma, it's Super Bowl Sunday. Come on. Who you got in the game today? All right, I am cheering for the Chiefs and I'll tell you why. Okay. I'll tell you why. I, you know, I kind of feel like the groundhog on Groundhog Day. I have absolutely no authority of predicting anything, all uh -huh, right, of uh -huh, who's gonna uh -huh. win anything <laughs> that is kind of the way I feel but our dad we're brother and sister yeah. our dad I texted him before this segment oh. and I said who are you cheering for and he is like a, a big football fan yeah, so yeah. he knows who's gonna He's win cheering for the Chiefs you said the Chiefs I'm cheering for Tampa Bay oh my goodness well it's Wait. gonna be an interesting Sunday uh what uh, score prediction real quick score prediction uh all right football <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Two 17 17. 17 to 6. That, that would be a wild Super Bowl. <laughs> Could you imagine? I hope that's the case. I don't know. Right, I was just well, trying to find numbers that kind of okay. made sense. Yeah, good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So, you, but you, you're you're cheering for the Tampa Bay. Well, I want to, well. To be honest, yeah, I didn't even know whatever. Tampa Bay was the other team in the Super Bowl. So, but first, before we get to the Super Bowl, before we get to food, before yes, we get yes. to all those things. Much more important. We are here at Slate Church, right? And, and listen, Whoever you're cheering for, whatever you're doing today, whatever that looks like, why don't you just write it in the chat. But take a moment and look at the chat because we have buttons coming up for connect cards, for inviting, just really engaging here at Slate Church. So why don't you fill out a connect card if you've never filled one out before. We'd love to get in touch with you. We'd love to see you involved here in some way or even just answer any questions you might have about Slate Church. But it's also not too late to invite somebody. Invite somebody to church today. You might not be able to invite them over to your house for a Super Bowl party, but you can invite them to church. So click on that button, invite to church today. Awesome. Well, hey, we are now going to worship God together. And listen, we just want to encourage you. Let's make sure that our worship to God is actually greater than us screaming for a touchdown by Tom Brady today. Come Amen. On. Come on, let's put our priorities right and let's start this day the best way that we could possibly do it. The best way that we could start this service, wherever you are, why don't you jump up to your feet and let's worship God together. Come on, church, wherever you are, why don't you stand up? 
Get on your feet. We're going to start dancing today. Come on. You are 
service to just highlight some of the things that God is doing in our church. So this week we got someone who's thankful for a successful surgery. Come on, praise God, that's awesome to hear. And we've got someone else who's thankful for the healthy and open communication within their family. Come on, that's such an important thing to have. Um, we also want to take a little bit of time and just pray over some of the needs that have come in this week. And if you have a need of your own, um, you can submit a prayer request at slatechurch.com slash prayer. Um, but yeah, here's just, a, here's just a couple of the prayer requests that have came in. We're praying over the lives that will be impacted as we begin a new series. Come on, I know I'm super excited for our This Is Church series um, that starts today. Um, we're also praying that someone be able, would be able to find reliable and trustworthy tenants to fill the house they own in Waterloo, especially during this COVID environment where there, where there are fewer students. Come on, that's super important. Well, if you have faith today, why don't you stretch your hand towards the screen? And if you even needed your own that wasn't represented, why don't you just lift your other hand? And let's lift up all of these needs in prayer. Dear God, we thank you that you're a good God. We thank you that you see each and every single one of these needs. The ones that, the ones that have been spoken out loud and the ones that haven't, God. You see every single situation, God. Um, we're just praying for breakthrough in people's lives, God. We're praying for people. Uh, we're, yeah, we're praying for this. This is church series. That this would just impact so many lives, God. Um, we're praying uh, that, it would, that it would spark revival in people's lives, God. Um, we're praying for uh, people who are looking for tenants to fill their house, God. Um, we're praying for, um, for, for medical needs and, and uh, marriages restored and, um, and all the other needs that you see, God. Um, I just thank you that you are a miracle-working God, that you are a God who is making a way, um, and that you are a God who is always faithful and that we can trust you, God. So just thank you, thank you for everything you're doing in our church. Thank you for everything you're doing in our lives, God. And we just lift up all of these to you. In your name I pray. Amen. Come on, church, wherever you are, why don't we sing out your mercy? Your mercy. Triumphs over judgment. Love wider than horizon. It's stronger than all sin. Lord, your kindness leads us to repent. Thank you. 
Well, hey, church, what a powerful time of worship that was. I love that we get to gather together every single week and worship God together. And hey, just because the music has stopped, it doesn't mean that our worship stops. We actually get to continue worshiping in our giving today. And I just want to read really quickly from Proverbs 11, 24. And it says this, one gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what they should give and only suffers want. You know, it's kind of an interesting verse that we're reading about there in terms of giving that you would think that if you withhold, you would think that if you just save up, you would think if you just kept everything for yourself, then you would have everything that you need. You would, you would be satisfied with what you've got. And yet it says here that, that you actually only suffer want. You only suffer wanting more. You see, there's something powerful when we commit to giving back to God's church as we see lined up for us in scripture. There's something powerful that happens when we give freely. We actually grow all the richer. We get, we get to uh, uh, be a part of this incredible blessing, not just financially, but also in all areas of our life that we get to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. And there is such blessing in that. So this seems backwards in the world's economy. This seems backwards when you would talk to someone surrounding finances. This seems so backwards. And yet in God's economy, in God's kingdom, this is the way that we actually see freedom. And this is the way that we actually get to uh, grow all the richer, so to speak. So I want to invite you to be part of that today by committing to actually giving financially back into God's church. What an incredible thing that we get to be generous doing. So there are a whole bunch of different ways you can give. You can see them on the screen right here. You can do that online. You can do automatic monthly giving. You can do text to tithe. There's a bunch of different ways you can do that. But why don't you check that out at slatechurch.com this week? Why don't you commit this week to giving back? And I just want to pray for the finances that come in this week. God, I thank you so much that we get to be a part of your church, that we get to give, and that we get to grow all the richer because of it, Lord. Your promises are so incredible in that. And so today, Lord, I just pray that you would just bless all of the giving that comes in, but I also pray that you bless the people who are deciding to give out of their hearts today, whatever that looks like. We pray that in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, listen, we've got a lot going on, church. We have started our new series this week called This is Church. It's going to be fantastic. Maybe you've seen some things online about it. Maybe you've checked us out on social media. But if you haven't yet, why don't you do that? Slate Church uh, and Slate Church Online, Instagram, Facebook, all these social media platforms. Do that. Share. Because you know what? We want to have other people join in, come in, see what's happening here at Slate Church, and get to meet. Jesus through it. So check us out online. We believe it's going to encourage you, but we also believe it's going to encourage other people. With that, I also want to invite you on Thursday morning, this Thursday coming up, pull out your phone right now, pull out your calendar, get your paper agenda, whatever that looks like, go to the 6.30 time slot. I know maybe that's a little bit earlier than you typically get up. Go to the 6.30 time slot, put in prayer morning. I want to invite you right now to that. You can go to slatechurch.com slash prayer. The Zoom link is right there. Why don't you join with so many other people who gather together every Thursday morning. You don't have to put on your uh, video. You don't have to put on your sound. You don't have to do any of that, but join us in prayer and communion on Thursday mornings. It is such a powerful time together. 
Listen, family day is coming up. So families, slate kids, I am talking to you right now. Family day is coming up and we have something special for you. So if you want to be a part of that, go to slatechurch.com slash slate kids. We want to drop something off to your door. We will do that in a very safe way. Don't worry about that. But just an activity you can do together as a family treats. It's going to be so great just to help you celebrate your family day a little bit more. And listen, anyone can be a part of this whether they call themselves someone who's part of Slate Church or not. So let your neighbors know about this. Let friends know about this. Tell your kids to tell other kids at school. It's just going to be so much fun. But listen, for those drop-offs, it has to be in the Waterloo region, of course. We can't get on an airplane right now, right? We just can't do it to drop it off at your door. But if you're in the Waterloo region, check it out, slatechurch.com slash slatekids. We would love to just equip you with that this family day. But hey, we've got the interview coming up. So Wherever you are, why don't we lean in, listen to this. I know you're going to be encouraged by this interview, by this story. So why don't you check it out? And I'm going to pass it over to Pastor Jared. Well, hey, Slate Church. Here we are again for another interview. Excited for this one here today. We've got a special one coming at you. I think it's going to, uh, actually, I think it's going to connect with a lot of people here. And so whether uh, you're at home or whether you're actually here in the studio, let's put our hands together and welcome Mark Kitzman for the interview here today. Thank you. Good to see you, Mark. Good to have you here. Mark, you've been a part of Slate Church for a while now um, in Connect Group. Now you're starting to lead one with uh, Pastor Nate, which is really cool, and then also helping out with things like Slate School and stuff like that. But um, I'm going to pass it over to you and just kind of hear a little bit about what your journey in your relationship with God has looked like over your life. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, So, yeah, um, like a lot of people here at Slate, I grew up in the church and grew up in a Christian home. And, uh, you know, I was a kid in the eighties and church, I'm dating myself a little bit here, but the gray, the the gray hair dates me (laughs) anyway. But, uh, but in the eighties church was, there was a lot going on in church. And so I was one of those kids that was like at Sunday school before church, then service, Sunday night service, Tuesday night kids program. And then when I became a teenager, of course, it was like Tuesday night youth Bible study and Friday night or Saturday night, you know, youth events and things like that. So I very much grew up in in the church and I enjoyed church. Um, I always remember as a kid, just having a sense that God was real Mm. and, uh, and that God had his hand on my life. I don't know how else to explain it, except that I just had that sense. Um, And so growing up in the church, and when I was about 15, 16 years old, I sensed that uh, God was calling me to Mm. be a pastor. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was uh, just sitting on my bed. I don't even remember what I was doing really in my bedroom, but I just remember suddenly sitting on my bed and having this still small voice say, I'm calling you to be a pastor. Yeah. And uh, I was actually okay with that. So you you often hear people go, you know, they (laughs) ran for the hills in the other direction. But I was quite okay with with that and was excited about that. Went to Bible college uh, and graduated Bible college and then started as a youth pastor. Cool. And so did a couple stints as as youth pastor. Yeah. And, uh, you know, got married, um, started uh, started actually as a church planter for a little bit. Yeah. And... So things things were going going pretty good. How, how old were you like at, at this time of life? Okay, so um, that was like 2007. Okay. Was, you know, uh, and we had moved to Stratford, and we're we're working there doing some some church planting stuff. Yeah. And um, 
eventually was uh, was took on a lead pastor role, yeah. and, and and was doing that for quite some time. Started a family, yeah. and uh, yeah, during that time, um, I was really just struggling with a lot of insecurity, yeah. and found myself really trying to find my value uh, and self worth in other places, mm. and. Uh, you know, ministry was one of those ways, you yep. know, trying to be super pastor, mm. overworking, trying to be this, you know, this great preacher that everybody would want to come and hear. And, yeah. and uh, fitness took over for, for a, a, a period of years where I was just really focused on trying to feel good about myself through that and mm. through performance and, and through, uh, you know, looking a certain way. Yeah. School came into the picture, doing some master's work. And I was just... Uh, so invested kind of in all those other things that um i was just really really distracted yeah and uh and over over time um while all that was happening and i was trying to do all this stuff to feel okay about me things were uh things were falling apart at home mm. and i wasn't really paying attention to that mm. and so when i showed up to to slate church a couple years ago uh i showed up a very broken mm. Uh, hurting person mm. and uh, and slate had become a place where I uh, began a healing process yeah and one of the things I think that that has sunk home the mo most in this last couple of years is that I knew a lot about God yeah but I didn't know God yeah as well as I thought I did wow. um, and this wow. this last couple of years has just been a season of learning to to know god yeah um to know who he is and to know because of who he is who i am yeah and learning how to rest in that so can i ask you something about that um what what is that what is that meant like like to know a lot about god but then to actually know god like what does that process look like for you even just in the past two years like is it like a surrender thing is it like a, like you've got all the head knowledge but like what's that change there yeah, uh, well, first of all, a process <laughs> and um, a painful one <laughs> as, you, as you learn to, to die to a lot of things. Yeah. And uh, I, think, I think one of the things it's, it's looked like, I mean, it's looked like a lot of the, the things you kind of would expect, which is um, learning how to pray, yeah. spending time in God's word. And, um, but, but I think in the process of that, learning to really surrender mm. and um and to uh, allow myself again and again and again to be humbled yeah and uh to realize just wow. how how much i need to grow and how much more like god i still need to become yeah and um wow. so and learning that god is trustworthy yeah um to trust him in the midst of situation when you just don't know what's going on yeah and you just uh and you're, you know, you're, you're hurting yeah. and, um, mm. you're just trying to get through another day. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think just to pr process and to be patient yeah. and learning how to show grace to myself the way God yeah. shows grace to me. It's good. So it's good, man. Mark, thank you for sharing a bit of your story and being vulnerable around some of that stuff. Like it's, uh, it's been really cool to get to know you more over the last few years and see what God has done in your life. It's encouraged me a lot. Um, I know like even just us talking at prayer mornings and stuff like back last year when we could get together and all that stuff, it's been 
it's been a, it's been cool to be a part of of that process, even just to like hear your heart as you grow in your relationship with God. So thank you for sharing that with the rest of our church here today. I think it's going to impact a lot of people in a in a powerful way. I pray it does. Well, hey, I'm going to pass it over, uh, strangely enough, to myself on a different set here today to uh, to lead us in a new segment that we have. And so I'm really excited to kick that off. So I'm just going to throw it over to myself on uh, on a different set here, and we're going to jump into the next segment of our service here today. Well, hello again, church. It's good to see you. And listen, we've got a new segment here today. I'm really excited to jump into it. But before we jump into it, I want to explain a little bit about what it is, okay? So basically, in our time here today, we're going to take two minutes out of the service, and we're going to break down a, uh, a word or an idea that is part of, uh, whether it's like in the Bible or whether it's part of like uh, a lot of the church language that's used often that maybe we don't even fully understand. I know for me, uh, my dad's a pastor. I grew up in church and I didn't really understand what the word grace meant until I was like in my early 20s. And so we don't want anybody to feel that way of just going like, we say this word all the time. What does it actually mean? So we're gonna break down some of those words. And so today we're gonna take two minutes. Uh, we're just gonna give a high level overview of what it means. We can't get too deep into the depth of everything about it, but we're going to break down the word discipleship today, all right? It's a big word. It's an important word for our church, and really, the This Is Church series is going to break down that on a much deeper level, but today we're going to break down this word discipleship. Typically, when people think of the word disciple, they often think of Jesus's 12 disciples. He had his 12 disciples, and basically, they were close followers of Jesus. They were the people he spent most of his time with, and when we hear the word disciple, often we think those disciples. But discipleship and disciple, the word disciple actually has a lot more to it than just that. If you, if you translate the Greek word into its uh, original translation that was sort of used at that time, oftentimes we think of it as the word, as like a follower. The actual translation is the word pupil or student, okay? So to be a disciple of something is to be a pupil of something, to be a student of something. And so... Oftentimes, uh, when we think of those 12 disciples, that's kind of traditionally, they were students of Jesus. And so they learned the ways of Jesus. They listened to the words of Jesus. They took the, the principles that Jesus taught and they applied them to their life. And so that idea of being a student or being a pupil is often what is meant by this word disciple. And so for us today, what does that matter to us? How do we apply that understanding? Okay, great. Disciple means pupil. Disciple means student. For us today, it's important to us because the last command that Jesus gave his disciples or his followers at that time, the last command he gave them, it was to go and make disciples of all nations. So we can't really do the last thing that Jesus left with us to do unless we understand what a disciple is. And so to go and make disciples of all nations. And so to go and make disciples, first we have to be disciples. So we have to be students of Jesus. We have to learn the things that he has to say. We have to learn the principles behind that. Not only learn them, but actually apply them to our life. And not just listen to the words of Jesus, but actually understand the way that Jesus lived his life and apply that to our life so that we can look more like Christ over our life. And not just uh, that we would know that, but that we would be able to go and create more disciples of Jesus and share with people the good news of Jesus, the teachings of Jesus, the truth of who Jesus was, so that they can also become students of God, so they can become students of Jesus and actually disciples of Jesus and more like Christ over their lifetime as they listen to the words of Jesus and the ways of Jesus and apply that to their life today. So again, there's a lot more to discipleship than that, but that gives you just a brief overview of that. And I think as you listen to the messages coming up in our This Is Church series, we're gonna get an even deeper understanding of what it means to be a disciple and what it means to be discipled. And so hopefully that gives you a sneak peek into that. Right now, I have the opportunity to pass it over to Pastor Brandon, who's gonna bring us our word today. And so we're really excited. If you're at home, 
why don't you grab a notebook or why don't you pull out your phone if that's where you take notes on the message. Lean in today. Come expecting of what God is going to do because I think he has a new word for you today. So I'm going to pass it over to Pastor Brandon for our first message in the This Is Church series. Well, hey, church, here we go. The first installment, the first message in the This Is Church series. And I'm really excited to bring it to you. And uh, honestly, this past week on Instagram, Emma and I were, were joking around and laughing. We're like, wow, like there is way too much expectation surrounding what I'm about to speak on Sunday. Like the expectation is so high. And truthfully, it, it, listen, it could be higher. There's no such thing as too much expectation. But I do want to put a caveat in that if you think in this one message we're going to cover all of the things that need to be covered across the series, it just can't happen. That's why we're doing a full seven or eight weeks towards this because we really believe that this is going to be an impactful season for us as a church as we begin to be redirected by God into the future that he has for us. I want to welcome anybody who's here for the first time. Maybe you stumbled across our YouTube page. Maybe somebody forced this link upon you. I don't know how that that works, but I want to welcome you. My name is uh, Pastor Brandon, although you can call me Brandon. I don't know why I always introduce myself that way. My name is Brandon. I'm uh, one of the lead pastors here alongside my wife, Emma. And we're just so, so glad to have you. And um, hey, there's no better place that you could be. I really believe that this word could speak to you today. So I want to pray before we even get started. And then um, I'm really excited to bring this word. Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you for every single person on the other side of of whatever medium they're listening to or watching this on. Jesus, we pray that right now you would impact them with your Holy Spirit. Pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. All right, why don't you drop amen in the chat? Um, And if you don't engage in the chat, my encouragement to you is is to do so. And if you're watching on demand on our YouTube channel, just to drop a comment in, uh, in, the, in the comment section, because really, um, you can be, remain so anonymous behind a screen, but we want to make sure that this isn't an, 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 an anonymous church, but uh, a church where people are seen and valued and, and, and that sort of thing. So, hey, here we go. And by the way, I don't know if I'm allowed to turn backwards. The video team's probably like, what are you doing? What a set. What, a, what an incredible statement to be making on the first installment of This Is Church. Church, we are the church, and God wants to use us. Today's message is titled, Should I Stay or Should I Go? go. Should I stay or should I go? That's that's one of those songs that we would listen to as a hockey team as we bolted onto the ice. I don't know why that was the song, kind of a lame song. But um, I want to preach this message, Should I Stay or Should I Go? And we're going to find ourselves in Matthew chapter 28, 18 to 20, and this is our theme verse theme passage for the entire series, because here's the thing. We have a, um, we have a, um, a, uh, a mission statement as a church, and it's, and it's a slate church exists to see, and you can repeat it with me if you're on the other side of the screen, because you know it, to see people far from God come into relationship with him by building a large, influential, innovative, Christ-centered church that loves God and loves others. And if you're not, if you don't have Chike's mom's voice running in the back of your head, that's a throwback to year one for all the OGs here at Slate Church, then, uh, you know, uh, that's what always goes through my mind. 
And the truth is, is that as much as we have that mission statement, the truth is, is that it's a little convoluted. In fact, it might allude to some stuff that we don't even want to allude to. The mission statement of our church really boils down to the mission statement that Jesus gave his early disciples, uh, his early followers, uh, in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 20. Jesus said to them, this is before he ascends into heaven, these are the last words he gives his followers while he's physically on earth. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, Go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Go make disciples. Well, disciples have already been um, defined earlier in this, uh, in the, in this uh, um, uh, day together in this service uh, by Pastor Jared. Great work, Pastor Jared. But listen, I want to talk about this idea of going and making disciples. It's vitally important that we understand this because what the world is not looking for is another version of itself spat out and just packaged differently. As a church, we're not to just conform to the ways of this world and somehow project a more positive uh, version of what the world is already saying. You see, our prophets and our teachers are not those found on Instagram and, and social media and that sort of thing, but our prophets and our teacher are found in the Bible. His name is Jesus Christ. And the more that we model the life that Jesus um, uh, paid a price for, the more that we will actually find people finding genuine relationship with God because the world does not need another iteration of themselves. They need a completely new life altogether. If you're watching today and you've given up and you're just going like, I don't know what the purpose of this entire thing is about, I want to encourage you that his name is Jesus. And when you accept his life and his reality and his way of living, I am telling you that you will find a life worth living. I'm telling you that you will find a life worth pouring out and you will find a life full of purpose. Should I stay or should I go? Hey, I think that's a question some of us need to ask about Slate Church. Should I stay or should I go? Listen, my hope as a pastor is that you would stay. But what you're staying for, I want to make very clear. Because what you're staying for is making disciples. Should I stay or should I go? Every Christian, everyone that accepts the call of Jesus has been commanded to go by Jesus. This, this, um, this isn't an invitation, it's a commandment. The great uh, commission is to therefore go make disciples. And so you see a lot of Christians, I mean, they take this seriously and they're ready to go. Okay, Jesus wants us to make disciples, to so go make disciples. And so we get ready to go. But it's kind of confusing because before you go, Jesus says you should stay. Now I want to pick up the story in the book of Acts. The book of Acts is the first book that starts to describe what Jesus and the Holy Spirit are doing through the early church, okay? So Jesus has died resurrected, gone back up into heaven. He's sitting at the right hand of the throne of God. And now the early church, through the power of the Holy Spirit, is beginning to move, okay? Now we pick up the book of Acts, which describes all of that. And Jesus is, is, is uh, saying these same things in different words, okay? Luke, the writer of Acts, is recounting. And so in Acts chapter 1, 4 to 8, he says this, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority, but <laughs> you will receive power 
when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jerusalem, it's where they found themselves. Judea, it's the area just outside. It's the, it's the area that Jerusalem finds itself, itself in. Samaria is a little bit further outside of Judea and the ends of the world. What Jesus is saying is when I establish my church, it will spread out from where I've established it. Church, Slate Church, we got to know that there are big days in store for our church. God has been putting a revelation for Ontario on the hearts of Emma and myself, and I am telling you that we are going to continue to see God expand across this province. But what I want you to know, before we go, Jesus asks us to stay. Should I stay or should I go? That's kind of confusing. Why, are we, why, are we, why do we stay when he asks us to go? So the problem is, is that so many of us want to go do the work of God. We get so excited about it and we, we come to know Jesus or maybe we've been a part of it a little bit longer and finally you're hearing a message that gets you up off your couch and you start saying, yeah, okay, this is what we need. We need to start making disciples. We've got to stop making it about that and this and this and this and we've got to hone in and all of a sudden we get really excited and yet it's in that moment that Jesus says, stay. What is it, Jesus? Do I need to Stay. Should I stay or should I go? And I believe he's speaking the same thing to us, church, that he spoke to the early disciples. I want you to go make disciples. Go make disciples in Jerusalem. Go make disciples in Judea. Go make disciples in Samaria to the ends of the earth. Go make disciples in Kitchener. Go make disciples in Waterloo. Go make disciples in Elmira. Go make disciples in Cambridge, in Listowel, in Coburg, in uh, Thunder Bay. Go make disciples, but stay. Well, Jesus, what is it? Should I stay or should I go? Why is Jesus commanding his disciples to stay? Because here's the thing. We need to stay and wait for the gift that the Father has promised. See, Jesus doesn't want his disciples, his early followers, to go out ill-prepared, which sometimes is what some of us do. We want to do the work of God without the power of God. See, we want to have power without the power. See, the power of God will enable us to do all that God has created, uh, uh, commanded us and called us to do. But we actually need to um, access the power of God in order to get there. If you want to know what the focus of the This Is Church series is about, it's about one, making disciples, and two, being filled with the Holy Spirit. Because truthfully, we cannot do anything apart from what God wants us to do. And the only way we can know what God wants us to do is by knowing what the Holy Spirit wants us to do. And so what we see is that the disciples begin to wait in the upper room. This is just a place where they begin to wait in Jerusalem for something special to happen. And what we begin to see in Acts chapter 2 is that all of a sudden the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, where all of a sudden Jesus was walking beside the church and now the Holy Spirit is moving inside the church inside of every believer. In Acts chapter 2, we see that they're waiting, and all of a sudden, in Acts chapter 2, verse 4, it says, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues just as the Spirit enabled them. It is my conviction that as we begin to hear from the Holy Spirit, we begin to speak in the tongues of the world in the ways that they need to hear it and to hear the message and the hope of Jesus. We stop speaking in the words of the world to try to save people. We start speaking words of God and words of the Spirit to a world that is desperately needing what he has given his church. I believe that we cannot do what, the, what we have been called to do without the power of the Holy Spirit. This is simple. Go make disciples, but only do it if you're going out with the power of the Holy Spirit. 
Brandon, why do you try time and time again to disciple and bring and evangelize and everything within your own power? Guys, we cannot do it in our own power. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. Should I stay or should I go? Well, we need to stay before we go. We need to stay before we go. I love it in Acts chapter 19, 13 to 16. There's a, there's a story, and some of the disciples are, or it's not even, they're not even described as disciples. It just says some Jews, in verse 13, were, who went around, they got the call, right? They wanted to go. Okay, they got that. They went around driving out evil spirits, tried to invoke the name of the Lord on Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. So they were just trying to, like, make a show of it, right? And they would say, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, this is a Jewish chief priest, were doing this, okay? This is the people who are doing it. And it says that one day an evil spirit answered them, said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them all. He gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. Here's the thing. If we tried to go out and make disciples in our own power without knowing God personally, and without knowing Jesus personally, we will be beat up and spat out by the world that we live in. And it's why so many Christians, they go out full of faith and full of excitement and full of fervor over the call of God that is on the church, but they get beat up and spat out. But what I read through the entire book of Acts is a bunch of Christians that get beat up, but they get back up on their feet and they go out. And then they get beat up and they get back up on their feet and they go out. And then they get in prison, but they get let out and they go out. And what is the difference maker between these um, sons of Sceva and the disciples is that they were filled with the Holy Spirit so that they knew Jesus themselves and who they were proclaiming was somebody they knew personally. Come on, this world needs a bunch of people that know God personally to introduce them to a personal relationship with the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Church, we don't just exist to see something large grow. We exist to see people made into disciples. I want to be very clear. I think for a season, if you had asked anybody, like, what is the vision of Slate Church? You could have given the mission statement. But, but deeper than that, what do you think Slate Church is about? I think, honestly, if we were to be completely honest, we might answer, growth? Like, if I grow my team, it seems like people are happy. If I grow my connect group it seems like people are happy. If, I, if, if services grow, it seems like people are happy. If, 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 if online grows, it seems like people are happy. Growth? I want to tell you right now that the end goal of Slate Church is not growth. It is making disciples. And when you make disciples in the power of the Holy Spirit, growth will come. Healthy things grow. But it is an end result of something else that is a much deeper intrinsic value on our church than something merely as growth. Because sometimes in a season, you actually need to prune away in order to see the growth that you want to see. You know, I really believe that when Jesus says, go make disciples, he's not saying, go and gather disciples. He's not saying, go and gather crowds, but he's saying, go and make disciples. I really believe that in the power of making disciples, that people are the product of who they're being discipled by. And right now, we see a world being discipled by the world. In fact, I want to say that we see a bunch of Christians being discipled by the world. 
And it's time to rise up. Some of us, we've been serving God for far too long and we want to point fingers at why people aren't being discipled and people are walking away from Capital C Church and why the power of God hasn't come and yada, yada, yada. Look internally and ask yourself, have you been meeting with the Holy Spirit? Because we need more fueled believers going out and making disciples and stop making excuses for why we're not heading in the direction that God wants us to go. Church, we are the church. This is church. And we're going to reach out to all that God has in our, in our path with the power of the Holy Spirit. We need power. We need the power. We need to go. Should I stay or should I go? It's both. But stay and meet with the Holy Spirit. Have a relationship with God before we go. You know, for far too long, the church has been divided up into, you know, oh, they're all about that. They're all about that. Some of these labels could be, oh, they're a discipleship-making church. They're, uh, oh, they're all about corporate worship. They don't really care about making disciples. Oh, they're, they're about spiritual formation. They're a big thing. They're on spiritual formation. Oh, they, them, they're kind of really missionally minded. They've kind of forgotten that worshiping God is important. You know what I want to stop doing? It's typecasting churches. Let's stop typecasting ourselves. Like all we've got to offer the global church is like a good experience. You know who we are? We are discipleship-making, Bible-believing, corporate-worshipping, missionally-minded disciplers who go out and make real disciples of Jesus that do it all. Now, that might sound exhausting. I can barely share Jesus with my friends. What do you mean we got to do with this all? And here's what I mean. Sometimes as a church, we have asked too much of your time and too little of your lives. Because for some of us, we chalk up Christian life to, I got to do this, and I got to do this, and I got And if you think it's a time equation, you'll never have enough time to do all that God is calling you to do. But if you understand that this is about giving your life and surrendering to God, you will have all the time in the world to do all that God has called you to do. I believe it with all my heart. And this is why Jesus said, count the cost of discipleship. Not somebody else's discipleship. Count the cost of your own discipleship. Jesus says it this way in Luke chapter 14, verse 28. He says, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you saying, this person began to build it and was not able to finish it. Matthew 16, 24, verse 26, Jesus is speaking and he says to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit their soul? Hey, church, we gotta raise the stakes. If you thought you were coming into the This Is Church series and somehow we're gonna give some fluffy message and like pump you up and send you out and we're just gonna get, no, 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 no. There's a deeper call today. Should you stay or should you go? Hmm. Should you be a part of Slate Church or, or should you go? I want to be very clear that over the next little while, the future that we are headed into is one of discipleship making. It's not going to be always fun. <laughs> Listen, you're not going to be like, we're not going to turn this gospel into some some type of candy that's easy to digest and feels good in the moment but serves you no long-lasting effects. See, the cost of discipleship is something that in the short run seems to cost us a lot, but in the long run gives us exactly what we're all desiring. I really believe with all of my heart that we are headed into a new season as a church. Some of the things we're going to be talking about in our time during these seven to eight weeks 
is talking about the idea from viral to revival. I don't want a viral church. I want a church full of revival. We're going to talk about how we can practically start building our church. I'm going to talk about how entitlement is killing the church. Talk about how consumerism is killing the church. And we'll talk about loving the world versus being liked by the world. I really believe that at the end of the This Is Church series, we'll look back and thank God for the transformation that has taken place. But if you're willing to go with us, you need to stay with us in the presence of God. Because without the Holy Spirit, all of this will be in vain. Church, there's a bright future. Canada is not some post-Christian nation. I believe with all my heart that it is a pre-Christian nation. We are only at the starting line of all that God wants to do in our nation and in our province. I believe that God is just getting started. I believe that he is waiting for churches like ours to step up, to wake up to the real call of discipleship that is on us. I believe with all my heart that if we commit to this, the best days for the church are still ahead of us. I want to pray for somebody across the screen and maybe you showed up today and you're like, whoa, that's the life that I want. And I believe that there are people watching right now, whether on demand or live, and you're going, this is something worth living for. I've been living for this. I've been living for that. And it is so dissatisfying. Right now, I want to let you know that your life might not get better in terms of your context, but you will be able to walk through those flames with Jesus by your side and the Holy Spirit inside. I'm telling you, this is the best decision you can make. In the Bible, it commands us that if we just believe in our hearts and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved, which means you don't have to worry about where you go after you pass through this life. You get to spend eternity with God. And on this side of eternity, you get to be made into a disciple of God. That's you today. I want to pray for you. If you're watching live, you can click the button that says, I want to raise my hand, indicating I want to make a decision to follow Jesus. If you're watching on demand, don't worry. I'm going to pray this over you right now. Jesus, for everybody watching that's making a decision to follow you, reveal your spirit to them in this moment. As Peter says to all the Jews that are witnessing this filling of the Holy Spirit, he says, hey, if you believe, you will be given the Holy Spirit. Jesus, right now, I pray that you would save whoever is asking to be saved right now, accepting that free gift of salvation. And God, I pray that you would fill them with your Holy Spirit so they would not have to walk another day alone on this planet Earth. I pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Pastor Emma is gonna be up in just a moment telling you some next steps you can take if you made that decision. But church... I wanna ask a bunch of you that are watching right now, should you stay or should you go? The answer is both. Come on, let's commit to staying in the presence of God this week. In fact, that's a terrible command. Let's commit to staying in the presence of God for as long as we find ourselves on this side of eternity. And then let's go and show a world that the devil is not in control. Our God is in control. And this world is not beyond saving because Jesus has not yet come back and he is going to continue to save those he has called. I am asking you right now to pray alongside me. Jesus, for our entire church, those who call Slate Church home and those that are beginning to call Slate Church home, we pray in the mighty name of Jesus that you would forgive us for not focusing on some of the things that we need to focus on as a church. God, we're not just 
just about flash and bang. We are about making disciples as a church, and we commit moving forward to do all that we can to make sure that that happens. Jesus, I pray that before we even take a step in this direction, in the This Is Church series, and the season that is going to propel us into our future, God, I pray that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit. No matter where we find ourselves, across the world as we watch, but especially in Ontario, God, I am praying that you would fill us with your spirits so that we can go out and make a difference for the kingdom of God and show people that there is another way. There is another kingdom and there is another king and his name is Jesus. We pray this in your mighty name. Amen. Come on, church, wherever you find yourself, right to your feet, let's begin to worship our God today.
You know, church, isn't God so good? I just love what he is doing in this season right now. What a powerful message. What an incredible time of worship that we've had together. And listen, if you just made a decision to say, hey, I want to I wanna follow Jesus. I want to make that decision today. And you just made that decision. I want to say congratulations. It's really the best choice you could ever make. And maybe you have some questions about it. Maybe you're going, I, I don't even know exactly what this means. I, I want to find out more about who Jesus is. I really want to encourage you to take this next step. Okay, two things I want to encourage you with. One, go to slatechurch.com slash connect and fill out a connect card. This is a way for us to get in touch with you, for us to equip you, for us to uh, come alongside you in this journey of faith. You're not expected to have it all figured out. How could you possibly do that right now? So we want to come alongside you and just connect with you. So do that. And two, join us at Next Steps. Immediately following uh, immediately following this service, there's going to be something that pops up in the chat for next steps. Why don't you join us, meet some leaders at the church, find out a little bit about who we are, and just take that step. It's going to be a Zoom call. It's going to be great. And why don't you just do that today? Listen, church, we're excited for this whole series ahead and everything that is coming up in This Is Church. So we hope that this was a, 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 such a great service for you today. Why don't you share it? Subscribe on YouTube, share it. It's going on demand right after this. So why don't you just let somebody else know about it that could really benefit from hearing this message today. Church, we love you. We are for you. We are with you. And who knows? I think the Chiefs are going to win, okay? So whoever you're celebrating, whoever you're excited about, get some snacks, get some wings, get some uh, soft pretzels with, with spinach dip, and enjoy your Super Bowl Sunday, all right? Have an awesome day. Hey, Kenzie, how's it going? Good, 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 good,